Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new special edition of the Beats, Brews, and Points of View podcast. I guess we're calling this 87.75, point baby. 87.7. Now, we did point five, so, so this will be... So, 88. This would be technically 88. No, this, this is, is point, so, so if point seven, no, five. If eight, no, no, no. If, 88, no, if 87.5 was the last one, this is technically 88. This is not 88. Yeah, it, this it is combines not, this as is one. Not this is 88. 88. I'm not ca- <laughs> I am not calling this 88. <laughs> We're calling it 88. Anyway, but regardless of that... Anyway, he's Neil Richter. I'm, I'm the Neil. PIP. He's the PIP. <laughs> and we're here for 87.75 <laughs> episode of... BB and POV, the prohibition and bootlegging era. Yep. Yeah. So if if you guys have listened to the last couple episodes, we have told you guys that since we are on vacation the next couple weeks coming up, we have decided to do a couple of special editions tonight. Um, you got a full episode that we recorded first, and then we did an episode on... Um, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame slash Stevie Wonder in the last episode. And now this one, we wanted to focus on the um, the influence and bootlegging and speakeasies in Detroit, Michigan during the Prohibition era. And that was the reason why I started the episode off with the theme intro music to Boardwalk Empire, even though that took, took place in Atlantic City and New York mostly. But... The history in Detroit with bootlegging and rum running Runs is very rich very and deep. very crazy. <laughs> and it's probably, I would say, arguably the craziest spot for it to happen was here in Michigan and in Detroit specifically. So I will let E-Man start it off because I've got a list of a couple things that I want to read down. So, I, mean, I know that he's the beer man on this show, so I'm going to let him rock it out. I mean, let's guess start from the... T- There's a lot to unpack with this. I mean, this episode is going to be just one long history lesson, so if you guys are just used to like our normal like banter about music No music, shit, no beer. Sorry, guys. Uh, well, I, we actually I, are I, drinking I beer. Am, we are <laughs> drinking some shit from 450 North, which is not a Michigan company, but we want it on the side. Shout out to the boy Rob bringing you know coming through and getting some stuff. The Man Owens, but 450 North Brewing. If you guys are familiar with them, familiar with their slushy beers. Uh, yeah. Uh, Pro- I, my, actually, you know what's funny, though? Mine's not even a slushy beer. Mine's a IPA, and I was expecting a slushy beer, so I was like, whoa, this is kind of crazy. <laughs> but 450 North is out of Indiana because we got to shout out to Ms. West. You know, go go check them out. But anyways, right. I digress. If you guys, you know, all right, whatever. Anyway, so Prohibition in the United States, if you guys are not familiar with it, was the Nash- nationwide constitutional ban on production, importation, transportation of sales of alcoholic beverages ranging from the start of 1920 to 1933. Uh, Prohibitionists first attempted to end the alcoholic trade in the 19th century. Uh, This led to a bunch of, like, blowback as far as you know, people like bootlegging, as we're going to talk about here, speakeasies popping up. So, you know, like if you ever watched the movie Idlewild, for instance, with Outkast, which is one of my favorites, yes, sir. set in that era, uh, you have like a lot of bootleggers, rum runners. You got a lot of like people coming through, like they're selling to these like jazz clubs, which a lot of that was happening in Detroit. And they're making it was making like 16, 17 million a year just doing shit like that. And it's crazy. Uh, some of the big breweries I want to talk about, too, because I actually just wrote an article on this for Beers for Everyone, was uh, B- 
but you know, like you know, p- people like Anheuser Busch, Miller Coors, Paps. A lot of people had to adjust to the times during these times because you know, you, I mean, they're big sources, obviously making booze, right? We love, we love beer. That's why we do this podcast. That's one of the reasons why we do this podcast along with music. But they had to adjust at different times. Like I know Anheuser Busch created some shit called Bevo, which is like a non-alcoholic beer yep. that I thought was interesting. Which an alcoholic beer is kind of killing it right now in 2021. But that's a whole different topic. Uh, one of the other things too, like a big trade was uh, for syrup, like concentrated syrup. You know, for used for uh, like pop and soda and stuff like that. So they used a syrup, and they were making like different like pops and stuff like that. One of the cool things here in Detroit as well I want to talk about was Paps uh, teaming up with Strolls for ice cream. Mm. Actually, that was another thing yep. with Strolls ice cream that's still sold today. Hell yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. It's, it's bomb, too. Yeah, man. It's <laughs> not. So, like, just the history of this runs deep. I mean, we could talk about – we're going to talk about a little bit about the Purple Game. We're going to talk a little bit about yep. just everything going on during Prohibition era. Um. Yeah, absolutely. And – and it's it's pretty interesting. Like, so Eman and I have been kind of like brainstorming this idea for a while now, and <laughs> this could honestly, this might it turn might it turn into a series or a side project that we do because there is so much cool information and stuff that you can learn about prohibition in um, the early twenties. And Al Capone, Al Capone's it, a big component of that too. Yeah, yeah. And it obviously dates back to the the nineteen. I think nineteen seventeen is when prohibition started. But um, quickly, I want to say personal on a personal level. So I think it's a pretty cool thing to put on this podcast that my grandfather, um, sh- rest in peace to my grandpa um, Don Richter, his dad was actually the like. Henry Ford Sr., the original Henry Ford, he was Henry Ford's driver, and also ran run from the docks uh, in Prohibition times. So I, I, I can say that without having to say allegedly, because he's been passed away for many, many years now, <laughs> but... Yeah. I think that's I mean, really... the statue limitations on that <laughs> is good. I don't think they're coming for my grandma. I think she's good. <laughs> I think I think they're all good. Uh, but yeah, no, my grand, my great grandfather, yeah, was a rum runner on the docks, um, coming across, um, and, and what was kind of interesting, I think, that I read about and found out about was Detroit was a big hub for it because it was coming from Canada, and a lot of the time, so there was a there was. French families in Ecorse, Michigan, that were uh, heading a lot of this stuff. And, and a lot of the times that they would sneak it over was in the wintertime because the Detroit River would be, fro- or like parts of the Detroit River would be frozen. And so they would r- literally run it over, like run the booze over. And a lot of people died trying to do this. They would fall through the ice or get caught by, you know, uh, border control or, like, all this different shit. And I think it was very interesting. I mean, you know, drones it. weren't really a thing. Yeah, no, drones weren't a thing back in 1917. So. Yeah. <laughs> but then also, um, which I think was interesting to read about, was in, De- in the city of Detroit, they say that most of the establishments that are still running and operating in Detroit to this day, um, back in... If, if, if they had a sewage system, a pipeline, and are still operating and up today, they said they probably ran illegal booze through the city because those all those sewer systems 
and um, they, they had tunnels built. All of those were used to get booze into the different bars and clubs um, in Detroit. And in Detroit, one of the biggest gang there was different there was literally different gangs in new in detroit that were based around rum running and and you know bootlegging and um the purple gang was one of the biggest ones that we know of speaking of uh shout out to atwater for the purple gang pilsner by the yes, way sir. yes they, sir yes uh, sir we had they, that on the podcast we once actually had <laughs> um but yeah the purple gang was a really predominant thing in detroit and like those were you know, it, it, it ran beyond just behind people that were bootleggers. You know, like this this affected people all the way up into government offices, you know, mayors and governors. You know, like if you've seen Boardwalk Empire, you you realize that Nucky Thompson is the main character that Steve Buscemi plays. His uh his character is based around uh Enoch so his name is Enoch thompson in the show but his real name in in real life is enoch johnson and that's who he was based around in real life he's a big fat guy and i guess they had steve buscemi play him as a really skinny frail guy in the show but it really was it was that way it was it was political figures that were involved in this rum running and bootlegging i mean booze is a Big business, man. It's like business. it's such. I mean, it still is, but it was huge back then, especially because I mean, it wasn't getting taxed. It's not regulated because it was illegal. So you got to think about like, all the profit margins mm-hmm. are just fucking crazy. One thing I do want to talk uh, touch on real quick because we're talking about like Detroit and this end is uh, we're gonna get into speakeasies, mm-hmm. but there's different like bars and stuff like that underground. Like one one specific one is Tommy's Bar downtown Tommy's Detroit. Tommy's is the big one. With that was the game. big one. They actually you can actually go down there and they still have tours of like the tur- like the tunnels that the upper gang used to mm-hmm. actually like run it underground. So I mean it, shit like that is crazy. Uh, in addition. So in tw- uh, so uh, going off of visitdetroit.com, I thought this was kind of an interesting article to read about Tommy's Bar. Uh, an archaeological dig by Wayne State University underco- uh, un- uncovered the hard evidence of the Purple Gang gambling room in the basement of the building that houses Tommy's. The explorers also discovered the collapsed remains of a tunnel that allowed patrons and bootleggers alike to sneak in and out the building. It was like a gambling room, right? They played poker and yep. stuff in there, and they would house all the booze in that's there, right? That's correct. That's what they, that's what they do. Uh, so today, actually, uh, in 2021, well, I don't know about COVID rules and stuff like that. Well, I guess it's getting kind of lax. You know, yeah. we can't wear we don't have to wear masks in stores anymore or anything like that. We're still going to, but you yeah. don't have to. Uh you can actually go down there, and you can actually get a tour of the tunnels to this day, That's which tight. is we amazing, actually. Yeah, I, I did it once. You did I, it I've already? done it. I've done it with Freighter actually a couple oh, years shit, ago. Dude, but I yeah, do this. this sounds crazy. very yeah. interesting to me. No, nah, man, it's uh, it's definitely like a really cool thing. I would, I actually, you know, if you want to do it, I would do it again. I would sure. definitely do that. Do I, that. That sounds very interesting. I know Lindsay would probably be interested in that one too, so we can definitely do that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just things like that. Nancy Whiskey's was another big speakeasy yep. too. So I want to big, up, I want to big up like all the bars that like we're involved in this. Uh, that's actually one we go to quite a bit. Uh, also established in 1992, during prohibition, Nancy Whiskey's was a secret speakeasy, uh, speakeasy with the stairwell that hid liquor. <laughs> <laughs> Gangsters didn't really. Uh, gangster history didn't end there. The pub was also no. Ooh, the pub was known as one of Jimmy Hoffa's regular hangouts as well. Really? Too Nancy Whiskey. That's Whiskey's. crazy. That's insane to think That's about. That's awesome. That's really cool. So he was. About. I guess Jimmy Hoffa was known to sit at a telephone booth and at the bar to conduct business. 
That's super That's insane. interesting. That makes me want to go there, actually, right <laughs> That's now. That's crazy. So shout out to Nancy Whiskey's and shout out to Tommy's Bar. We still don't know where Jimmy Hoffa's ass is at. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, there's another bar, Two Way In. I've actually never been there. Two Way In? No, I've never heard of it either. Two Way In is the, the oldest. It is the oldest bar in Detroit. According to go, two way in, just just <laughs> quickly going back to what I was talking about with my my great grandfather being a rum runner and also being Ford's uh, driver, I was kind of curious, you know, like after my grandpa, like rest in peace to my grandpa, but I, after he told me that story, it kind of made me think. I'm like, it, I I mean, this is all alleged, but don't you think the Fords were definitely in on that? Then of course they were. <laughs> You know, like of course they were, <laughs> and he definitely was probably <laughs> providing him with his personal stash. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. Like, there's like, how would he not? So, for those uh, another little fun fact, I guess tidbit. I hate saying fun fact. It sounds like a douchey way to say that. <laughs> but uh, they're also referring to as blind pigs. Like you got like the blind blind yep, pig in yep. Ann Arbor, yep, or gin joints is another term. And they were in predominantly urban areas. You know, go mm-hmm. figure. I won't get into that. That's a whole different topic. Mm-hmm. They range from fancy clubs with jazz bands and ballrooms to dingy backroom basements and rooms inside apartments. No longer segregated from drinking together. You know, men and women revealed in speakeasy, uh, speakeasies, another prohibition created venue. The house party restaurants offered booze, targeted. Hmm. Targeted women uncomfortably sitting at a bar with table services. Italian-American speakeasy owners sparked widespread interest in Italian food by serving it with wine. Uh, organized ah, Organized criminals quickly seized the opportunity to exploit this new lucrative criminal background and racket of speakeasies, clubs, and welcome women in as patrons. In fact, organized crime in America exploded because of bootlegging. Al Capone, the leaguer of the Chicago outfit, who we'll get into in a second, made an estimate of 60 million of years supplying illegal beer and hard liquor to thousands of speakeasies he controlled in the 1920s. Uh, I'm reading this off of uh, Prohibition, the Prohibition Interactive uh, History Museum, by the way. It's also, I think, a couple of things that E-Man touched on in what he just said that I think are uh, notable is that back in those times, it was it was prohibited, not prohibited, but uh, bars would kick out single women for being there without their husbands. Yep. Like if, if you were a single woman in a bar, it was not allowed. You had to be there with the husband, which makes no goddamn like, sense okay, to me. Like, as- <laughs> I, like, stopped, I, like, read it, and I wanted to make sure I got that right. I'm like, this sounds misogynistic, but I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, it's a true. fucking 20, so it's what do you expect? I mean, I, but- <laughs> I learned that from my love of watching Peaky Blinders, which I, I uh, you you definitely see in that show. Is that they're not they're not allowed. In <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was listening to Dak's podcast, and they were talking about. I think they had Prince Harry on the most yeah, recent yeah, they episode. Did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were talking about Peaky Blinders specifically, mm-hmm. and they were talking about and they were talking about like just back in those eras of the standard and shit like that. And like you see, like a love scene, I'm like. Both of these people stink. Like the hygiene is terrible oh, around right, that terrible, time. Dude. Like holy shit. Especially but, in London, they're oh, all wearing man. suits and like, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's just nasty. But, but um, we digress an- there. We were an- about that. another thing to note is my dislike of the use of the word urban today, because as Eman just said, urban. Uh, D- describing a place is actually how it's supposed to be, and that, and technically, that's what it that that literally is what it means. Like urban is a 
place, not a description of a person or people. I hate the fucking so, term urban. I, I don't like oh. when they just, and this is another thing when it comes to race relations, is urban should not be described as black people. It is a metropolitan area. It's just like ghetto. I don't like when people use uh, the word ghetto to describe things that are not a place. It doesn't mean a person or it means a place. So stop using that shit because it's ignorant as fuck. It is. Ghetto, urban, hood. I mean, urban outfitters, literally. Urban like, that's outfitters ridiculous. is the worst. <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I forgot all about that, actually. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> But yeah, All just right. a little food knowledge for you, or uh, food for food for thought. The thing about speakeasies too, and I always I wanted to touch on. Everybody knew they were there. Everybody knew they were there. Like, it wasn't really like a secret. It's mm. but what they do. I mean, back in the days, what you do is you. you I mean, and I'm pretty sure shit goes on today. You just pay off the fucking cops. Yeah. Like <laughs> you just like I mean they just to look the other way. And, I mean, and and we just gotta. And, uh, we're about to end this episode because we're running long on time with what we've been here. But I want to really make this a point on this show. Um, a lot of these things, prohibition, the war on drugs, are all systematic racism, in my opinion. Um, it's specifically what's going on with prohibition now with the war on drugs. It's now finally starting to open up a little bit, but this. Prohibition with booze directly ties into Dude. prohibition on weed and all other oh, kinds of drugs. Into, uh... And the U.S. military f- literally introducing crack cocaine into the U or into the black communities of the United States. Reaganomics, baby, to put them in oh, prison, man. to put them in bad in, into addiction, into you know all of. All it's of the facets racism. to put them back in life. So, let's, oh, and on top of that, let's go. Let's go modern day. Let's go yeah. right now in today's time. There is a ban coming on menthol cigarettes yep. and backwoods. Yeah, which or they, what, I forgot what the actual term was, but you know, like backwoods and fucking uh, are black and miles covered under that too? I think so. Swishers. Swishers yeah. yeah. Thank, thank you. Uh, I mean, it's just like. This, it, this whole thing is just targeted towards <laughs> people of color, black it people really and people of color, specifically black people. And, and I mean, and it's further but... than just, I mean, all right, this, I'm sorry, it gets a little I... ranty right now, but like. No, we haven't I, had, a good, even, we haven't had goes, a good Neil Rand in a minute. It goes okay. even further than that. It goes, because when you live in Detroit, I'm a white guy, but I live in the city, so I, I understand what's going on a little bit more. Um being that I live in Detroit, one of the blackest cities in America, like they literally McDonald's, they shifted their entire ad campaign in the eighties to target towards black folks because they knew that it was cheap and it was easily put into the cities and it was easily bought by black folks. You think that's for white people? No. And aside from that, the fact there's liquor stores in every corner, liquor stores, dispensaries, strip clubs. Go down Eight Mile right now. That's all you're gonna see. Exactly. And on top of that, I actually do want to add to the McDonald's thing because he actually see I forgot I forgot the guy's name, but the guy who owns McDonald's right now, he actually said that. I'm not in the burger business. I am in the real estate business. Makes he sense. said that. Most, Just of most location are. to the cheapest areas they can because people are going to buy it and, you know, ta-da, profit. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Agreed. Yep, agreed. But going back to prohibition and 
that general. I do want to touch on one thing. I thought this was kind of I meant to mention this earlier because I thought this was the most interesting like pivot during Prohibition era. Paps also produced parts for Harley Davidson. Really? <laughs> I didn't know that at all. That's cool, man. Crazy to think about, right? Whoa. Yeah, they did, uh, and they also did spark plugs, it looks like, too. <laughs> Which is crazy to think about, man. That's wild, dude. So, like, it's just like to think about that. And like, we, I talk, and I was talking about, like, just the beer industry right now when, uh, with this. So, I got an article coming out with, with beers for everyone called The Beer Boom, and I suggest everybody check it out. It should get published. It should be published by the time you guys hear this, for sure. But I cover just how I think the beer industry is going to have the biggest boom since Prohibition. And I think the reason of that is just because we were cooped up all of last year, oh, yeah. right, with pandemic and everything. As the vaccine rate, vaccination rates go up, I'm checking the CDC numbers. It looks like the more people getting vaccinated, the more things are starting to get lax with restrictions. Like, you just saw Michigan, like, just just threw the mask mandate out the window, even though some businesses are still doing it, mm-hmm. but it's fine. Uh, I think that we're going to have the biggest boom in this indus- in the beer industry, in the spirit industry, since Prohibition, like, ended. Like, that 19 Pandemic birthed yeah. a lot of alcoholics. <laughs> and a lot of children. The pandy. <laughs> Someone <laughs> called the pandemic the pandy bear the other day, and it what, made me laugh super what hard. What is this <laughs> new generation of pandemic baby is going to be called? I don't know, man. <laughs> That's a different topic. The- panda babies. <laughs> Thank panda you, babies Eric. Po- yes. Pa- Pandemials. Pandemio. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll talk about that on the actual 87 episode. <laughs> but, yeah. but um, yeah, for sure. But. So to leave you guys with uh, on this episode, I thought it'd be appropriate to play music that was sort of popping in the time of Prohibition. So um, tonight I'm going to leave you, as we come into the summer weather, it's getting a little bit nicer in Detroit. We're finally getting 70 degrees, which it felt like it took fucking forever. But um, here's a little bit of the song Summertime by Louis Armstrong and Ella Fitzgerald because jazz was super popping back in the Prohibition era. So... We thank you for listening to another episode, and good night. Peace.
Stay. 